The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Megillah has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Stephen and his wife Gila Israel, a charter member of our Daf Yomi Shi'ud, for the Hatzlacha of both sets of parents. And of course, their dear children. Hashem, Yishmerem, Vihayem, and Bezat Hashem, they should have continued success. Aslahav, Harvaha, Bechol, Maase, Yedehem. This Masechet also has been dedicated by Stephen and his wife, Le'ilun Nishmat Adel Bat Roza, and Le'ilun Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Hen Vichol Benot Israel Shachvot Amahem Vichol Rahamim Vasilichot Venomar Amen. Daf Yud Bet. Today Zaf is being studied the Alun Shmat of Raham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen. We begin today's Daf on Yud Bet Amud Rishon and we are on the second line. We are in the middle of a uh, sugya here where we're learning about the miscalculations that Belshazzar and his successor Nebuchadnezzar, his eventual successor Nebuchadnezzar, uh, made uh, in miscalculating the 70 years that Yirmiya predicted that it would be uh, exiled for the Jewish people, then the Beit HaMikdash would be rebuilt. As we learned in yesterday's daf, Belshazzar miscalculated, made a party, uh, wore the clothes of the Kohen Gadol, brought out all the vessels, and he was off the mark. Hashverosh in the third year of his kingdom, Mishnat Shalosh, he also thought he had the right calculation. He was off as well. The Gemara then says, Amar Rava, Av Daniel Says even Daniel, the prophet, miscalculated the Hashbon Dichtiv. As the pasuk says, "Bishnat achat lemolcho ani Daniel benoti b'svarim." The pasuk says over here in the first year of the reign of the king, Daniel contemplated benoti et asvarim the calculation. Midekamar benoti michlal the taaf. The fact that this is benoti means I contemplated. That means he did not have the right calculation as well. Uh, what was Daniel's uh, miscalculation? So originally Daniel calculated the 70 years from when <coughs> Nebuchadnezzar subjugated the king Yehoiakim. That was in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. However, the 70 years really was supposed to be calculated from the Galut of Sidkiyah, which was 18 years later. So therefore, Daniel was 18 years uh, short or early uh, in his uh, calculation. Uh, that's why after uh, he calculated his 70 years, he saw nothing happening. He didn't even see any signs of the exile coming to an end. So it says he started to pray. And after he finished praying, Gavriel the Malach came to him and clarified to him the calculation. And told him that it was actually 18 years away. Comes the Gemara and says, Mikol makom kashu we still have a stiran the pesukim in Yirmiyah when he gave the prediction. There's two different pesukim that he used. The pesukim seemingly contradict each other, so we really have to reconcile uh, Yirmiyah's words. Ketiv, one pasuk says melot levavel, which implies that it's going to be seventy years from Bavel. What sounds like it's going to start from when Bavel took its reign over the Jewish people. 
Which if you can do that, that's in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's uh, kingdom, when he captured the Jewish king, Yehoyakim. <coughs> but then it says, Lehorbot Yerushalayim. It says from the destruction of Yerushalayim. Well, the destruction of Yerushalayim was 18 years later, during the Galut of Sidkiyah, right? The Nebuchadnezzar sent into the exile. So this Yirmiyah himself was seemingly vague in his words, the way he predicted the... Um, the end of the Galut. Is it from Bavel or is it from Horbot, Yerushalayim? <coughs> so Tarat Gebarah says, Amar Rava Lifkida Be'alma. Lifkida Be'alma meaning that uh, when he says over here, Levavel, from Bavel, it means 70 years from there is going to be the Inyan of Pekida. What does Pekida mean? A remembrance. What does it mean a remembrance? Vairu dikhtiv, ko amar koresh, melech paras, kol mamlechot ha'ares, natan li yashem eloi ha'shamayim, vehu pakad alai levnot lo ba'ayit mirushalayim. Which is there was a king called Koresh. Koresh, I want to get the history of the kings. The first king obviously was Nebuchadnezzar, we learned. Then you had Evil Merodach. Then you had Belshazzar, then you had Daryavish, he's the one that killed Belshazzar, then you had Koresh. Now, in Koresh time, which is 70 years from when uh, Nebuchadnezzar captured Yehoiakim, in 70 years, he uh, said that uh, he allowed the Jewish people to go back to Eretz Israel, and he gave them permission to start reconstructing the Bet HaMikdash. But the Galut was not over yet. So therefore, that's what it means, Lefkida. So when it says Levavel, when it says 70 years from Bavel, that means what? It's the process is going to begin. But the Galut's not going to be over yet. That's why Koresh, like the Pasuk we just read, it says, Koamar Koresh Melech Paras, He commanded me, Libnot no Bait Mirushalayim. So already they started to talk about the construction of the Bet HaMikdash, and he allowed them to start building the Bet HaMikdash. Of course, later on, the Bet HaMikdash came to a halt. Hasveros also, like we learned yesterday, uh, uh, contributed to the halting of the construction of the Bet HaMikdash. But the Pekida, the first remembrance to start building the Bet HaMikdash, again, the second one, happened 70 years from Yoyakim's capturing, which was the Pekida, which we're talking about. But the actual building of the Bet HaMikdash didn't happen until 70 years after Sitkiyah went into Galut, which takes us uh, to Daryavish, like we learned yesterday, after Ahasuerus' 14-year uh, reign, all the way until the uh, next king, which was Daryavish. So that's the two reconciliations of the Pesukim. <clears throat> if you want to just look at Rashi, the Fkida Be'alma, to read this inside. Fkida Be'alma. Neemar, I'm reading with the Hagotha Bas emendations. Neemar, hai, lefim melot levavel shivim shana efkod etchem. God says, I will remember you. Bekachaita, shinifkidu bishana ahat ne koresh. And they were remembered in the first year of koresh melech paras. Shishnat ayin alef likibush yoyakim. Which was the 71st year after the conquering of Yoyakim, Shepashtabavel al Yisrael. So that's what it means, the Fkida, that that's when the first remembrance 
of building the Bet HaMikdash took place. But Koresh did not fulfill his mission. Really, God wanted Koresh to construct the Bet HaMikdash. All Koresh did was, he said, whoever wants to go back to Yerushalayim and build it, you know, you have my uh, blessings, I'm not going to stop you. Really now the Gemara is going to show the claims that Borei Olam had against Koresh for not taking a more aggressive approach and actually getting the Beit HaMikdash built. So the Gemara says, Darash of Nachman Barav Chazda. May Dikhtiv, what does it mean in the Pasuk? Ko Amar Hashem Limshiho LeKoresh. Over here the Pasuk implies that it's calling Koresh God's anointed one. Koresh wasn't even a Jewish king. All of a sudden you're making Koresh as if he was the Mashiach. So the Gemara says, Vichy Koresh, Mashiach Haya? How could the Pasuk say that Mori Olam corresponds to Koresh, Mishiho, his uh, anointed one. So the Gemara says now, mm-hmm. HaKadosh Baruch Hu talked to the Mashiach, the real Mashiach from, from David. I have a complaint that I want to discuss over here regarding Koresh. What's the complaint? I said, Hu Yibnet Beti, I told him to the Prophet that he's the one that's going to build the Beit HaMikdash. galuti, And he's going to bring the Jews out of the exile. Vehu amar. And what does Koresh do? He says, Mi bachem mikol amo Whoever wants to go up, go up. That's what he does. He should have went and took a more aggressive uh, stance over here. So that's why Bode Olam had claims against Koresh for not fulfilling his mission. Some of the books bring down if Koresh would have built the Beit HaMikdash, based on the original prophecy, could be it never would have been destroyed. And therefore, Bode has to tell Mashiach, now now, now already changed the whole, uh, it changed the whole uh, seder of the Olam. Now it should be noted that Rashi over here brings a very nice proof from the Ta'amim that are in this Pasuk, recalling Koresh the Mashiach, from the Ta'amim of the Pasuk you see, it cannot mean that Koresh was the Mashiach. Why? So look at the Rashi. Kovel ani lecha. Ve'aki ka'amar. Ko amar Hashem limshiho lekoresh, asher i'azakti bimino. Hu yibnet beti. Tre kirae ketivi desmiche adadi. These two Pasukim are next to each other. Now, v'nikud ta'am mikraze muhiya adraze. V'nikud the Ta'amim. Of this pasuk, prove the derasha correct of the Gemara that Koresh was not Mashiach. There's two people: there's Mashiach and there's Koresh. Why? Normally, we have two tamim. One of the tamim is called the zareka, and it's usually followed by a segulta. On the word Mashiachot uh, has the zareka. Ul Koresh ninkod b'maarich. It has a different tam. On the, the word Koresh. So immediately, normally, Sareka, Shofar Olech, Segulta is connected. So therefore, if it would have said, Limishiho, Zareka, Le Koresh, so I'd say, Zareka, Segulta, the two words are connected. You have the Zareka on Mishiho, and when it comes to Koresh, you have a different time. You have a Ma'arich, which is different, it's not connected. And therefore, Lafrisho. It's in order to separate Vilinateko Me'im Le Mishiho, to separate it from the word Mishiho. So a lot of times the Ta'amim themselves are Mukhiyah, the Dinashot of Hazal. That's where Hazal got it from. They looked at the Ta'amim and they saw that it cannot be that Koresh is the Mashiach. Otherwise the Ta'amim are uh, coming against. Okay, so now we go back to our Dinashot on Megillat Esther.
And the Gemara begins. We are on the third line. Hel Paras Umadai. This is talking about the members that came to the party of Ahasuerus. So it says the army of Paras Umadai, Apartemim. Apartemim are the nobles. Now over here the word Partemim is next to the word Madai, implying that the noblemen came from Madai. Uchtiv, and then it says, Le Madai Uparas. And the word Malche is next to the word Madai in this Pasuk, implying that the kings came from Madai. So the question is, well, was the noblemen from Madai or were the kings from Madai? So Amarava, Itnuye Atnu Bahadade. So Paras and Madai that shared the uh, kingdom, they made a deal. They made a, uh, a tenai. They made a condition amongst themselves. If from us, whichever one, Paras and Madai, are going to be appointed kings, from the other will be appointed governors, noblemen. And if from you are going to have kings, then minan Then from us we're going to have the governor. So therefore, sometimes you had the madai with the partemim, and sometimes madai were the melachim. At different uh, times, depending on who they appointed as the king. So sometimes they call them malche madai, and sometimes they call them madai apartemim. Then the noble, depending on who exactly was the king at the time, so then the other nation would take the second position of governors. Comes again when I continues. Behar oto et osher kevod malchuto. And the pasuk says, Ve'et yekar teferet gedulato. Because so he made the parties in order to flaunt it osher kevod malchuto the the wealth and the riches of his uh, kingdom, and the pasuk says yekar teferet the, the honor and the glory of his kingdom. So the Gemara learns from Rabbi Amar Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Hanina melamed shelavaj bechde keuna. From here we learn that a hasverosh at the party. He wore the clothes of the Queen Gadol. How do you know that? He uses the word Tiferet over here, which means the glory. And what does it say about the clothes of the Queen Gadol? So the word glory is used by the clothes of Aharon. And therefore you see what? From there we learn he must have worn the clothes of the Queen Gadol. Exactly like Bil Shassar did, his predecessor. In order to show that the Jewish people are not going to be redeemed anymore. The Beit is not going to be rebuilt based on his miscalculation of the 70 years. Some of the books of Minagim bring down from over here that this is one of the places where we get the draw the custom of wearing costumes on Purim because Ahasuerus at the original party dressed up like a, a Kohen Gadol and from that Bore Olam punished him and that's how the miracle started how he ended up uh, killing his wife etc etc so that's one of these sources we'll see another one uh, momentarily now it says after he made the original party, which was a 180-day party, he then made a seven-day party for the people of Shushan, which was the capital. Right? Asa melech lechol ha'am mishtei gadol lechol ha'am animseim b'shushan. He made a party for the people of Jerusalem. So first he made a party for the far people, the far provinces. Then he made a city for the party for the people in the capital. So the Gemara says, Rabu Shmuel, 
We have a Mahloger on a Hasverosh. Was he a smart king? Was he a clever king? Or was he a Melech Tepesh? Or was he a foolish king? Well, what does this depend on? The opinion that says that he was a clever king, Shapir Avad, he did good. At first, he brought the people that are far from him close. Why? Because because the people of his city, I'm reading that, I go to Bach, which means they are already subjugated to the king, which means, who does he have to appease? You have to be more concerned about the people that are not close to you. The people that are living in the capital next to the king, normally they're the ones that are scared of the king, because they see the king's glory. And if anything happens, like a rebellion or a coup, since they're close to you, it's easy for Hasverosh to quell any rebellion and appease them. He can always appease the people in Shushan. They're living with him. So therefore, you don't got to worry about the people that are close to you. Who is he worried about? The people that are far off. So what does he do? He did something smart. First, he brings the people that are far, make a party for them, mm-hmm. give them uh, kavod and uh, enjoyment, etc., etc. So they say that was a smart political move to bring the people that are far from you close. The other opinion, the opinion says he was not clever, he was a tipesh, he was a fool. First, he should have brought the people that are closer to him to the party. He should have made the Shushan party first. Why? Because if there's going to be a rebellion, these people, which is who's going to get to the palace first? The people of Shushan, if there's going to be a rebellion, the people that are uh, closest to the king are the ones in Shushan. So the rebellion's not going to come for the people that are far. They get until they get to the king. Who's going to do the fighting? The people in Shushan. So he held this one that's in the middle of the Peshaya. First you have to appease the people that are closer to you over. They can do the most damage. So therefore you should have made a party for them. Why don't you make a party for the people that are far? They can't hurt him yet. They're far away. So therefore, you see that what? According to his opinion, was the middle of the Pesh. I saw from the Sefer of he says that that's a fact he says the only in this move was it a move of pikhut or tipshut but in generally speaking he indeed was a melech tipesh I saw an interesting explanation over here <coughs> how could they have such a mahluket if the move was a smart move or a foolish move how can one move, political move, be interpreted by Hazal to the other extremes of the pendulum over here? Is it a smart move or is it a dumb move? How can you have a mahalok if it's Melech Tepesh or Melech Bikaya? So he explains over here, based on a mahalok that we had earlier. We had a mahalok earlier on the appointment of the Hasverosh to the king. Was the Hasverosh worthy of the Malchut? And the reason why, when it says Hamolech, Hamolech meaning he got the king because nobody else was as worthy as him, even though he wasn't from royal blood, but he was the most deserving. That's one interpretation we said. Oh, we said, no, really he didn't deserve the king kingship. But what? He had a lot of money. So he paid his way in to the, to the top. So all the Gemara is saying over here that this move that he did is a Pav move. It all depends on other factors if the move is a smart move or it's a dumb move. So what is it depending on? So he explains like this. 
If he was worthy of the Malchut on his own character, like one opinion said, shum hashash merida. He doesn't have to worry about anybody rebelling against him. Because he, he earned the... Uh, he earned it. That's why he put the Rehokim first. I'm not going to worry about a rebellion. What do I got to worry about a rebellion? You know, the one that said he was in Tepesh, what they say? Well, because the people of Shushan are going to rebel. Listen, if you're not worried about rebellion... Because she deserved the king, so therefore to make a party for Shushan, you do it any day. The big to do is what to make a party for the Rehokim. So if you say he deserved the kingdom, this was considered Melech uh, Pikeah. He made the party for the more difficult situation first, which means harder to make a party for the Rehokim. For the people of Shushan, you could always make a party for them. However, if you hold that really he didn't deserve the kingdom, and you hold that he bought his way in, then this was a this was a tipesh move over here. Why? Because then there's a chance of a rebellion. And who's going to rebel first against you? The people of Shushan. So therefore, really, this mahalokit over here, Melech is really dependent on how you learned the previous da'af. Uh, is he will? How did he get to his malchut uh, or not? Comes the Gemara continues. Shalu Talmidav at Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. The students of Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai asked them. Mepenemah et hayivu sonehem she yisrael shebato ador kelaya. They asked the rabbi, why were the Jewish people in the times of Mordechai Nestor? Why were they Hayav destruction? Which means the Gezerav Haman. What sin did they commit to be Hayav? Amar lahem imru atem. So the Bishwaman says, What's your opinion? Obviously, you have a shita. What do you hold? Amru lo, mipnesh nehenu misrudato shilotor asha. Because they went, to the, they went to the party. They benefited from the party of Otor asha. So the Gemara, we call it Agotabah. Amar lehu. So Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai answers back to the students, In Ken, Shebeshushan Yehargu, Shebechol HaOlam Kulo, Al Yehargu. According to this, it's not fair. Who went to the party? The people of Shushan, the Jews of Shushan went to the party. So why should now there be Gizra against all the Jews in the world? Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai is telling the students, If that's the whole reason why the Jewish people were Hayav, because of the party, so it should only be the people of Shushan. Why the whole rest of the world? Amru lo emor atta. So, okay, Rabbi, you give us the uh, you give us the reason. Amar laem mepenesh eshtahavu natselem. This is already old, an old bill that had to be settled all the way back from the times of Nebuchadnezzar. He made a statue, and the Jewish people bowed to the tselem of Nebuchadnezzar, and therefore they were guilty of avodazara, and that's why they had to suffer their uh, you know their their fate. So Amru lo. So that the students go the other way. They say, what do you mean? Does God show favoritism? Which means, why did they, why did they get saved? Which means, if they really bad that, the Gizarat should have uh, came true. Which means, how come, Borei Olam uh, changed the uh, Gizarat? What do you mean? Is there God is showing favoritism? You can worship Avodazara and uh, then get, uh, get saved, get away with it. So the Gemara says... Which means they didn't worship the Abu Dazara in their heart. They only bowed down to the Abu Dazara externally. They did it out of fear. They didn't have any feelings towards the Abu Dazara. It wasn't from their lab, it was from their, it was external, it was from their face. So therefore God also scared them. 
God never had any intention to destroy the Jewish people. He did it a He made it. Asa come and give a gizirah as if the Jewish people are in a perilous situation where there's a hashat and there's going to be an extermination. But what was It was only a meaning through the teshuvah that they were able to make away the gizirah. What it was almost if to say was it was like a midakenegi midah. Externally did something, so God externally brought Haman, but the gizirah was not going to come. The Hainu Dichtiv to give them chance to make the Shuvah. The Hainu Dichtiv Kelo Ana Milibo, which means literally the Pasuk means, let's get the right interpretation of the Pasuk. Kelo Ana Milibo, that would be, he does not afflict from his heart. Which means the way they're interpreting it over here, the verse reads fully, Kilo Inamilibo Adam. Or grieve the children of Imaj, so explains if man does not sin from his heart, but only outwardly in fear, God will cause him grief in order to motivate him to repent, never actually intending to harm him. So therefore, since it didn't come from their heart, so God's not gonna punish them to their heart, it's only gonna be external. Just a few understandings in this last piece over here. Number one, according to the students of the Bishwam, the held the punishment was Rasha. Where do we see that if you go to a party of a Rasha, that Ami says Hayav Kilaya? What's what sin could they have committed at the party? You want to tell me they ate taref, let's say. There wasn't kosher, let's say, the food. Let's let's say. Where do you see that the person eats not kosher already? It puts the whole uh, nation in in jeopardy. You want to say they ate bishul uh, akum and all these different surim, pat akum, whatever you want to say that the avon was. What's the what's the great crime? But if you medayek in their words, they didn't say that they went to the party. It says shenehenu. They enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That's already the claim. How could you go to a party and you see Yahasvidos wearing the clothes of the Kohen Gadol and he's parading around all the Kelim of the Beta Mikdash? He just already should pay you. You have to be at the party for Shalom Malchut, you're doing it wherever you have a Hajbon in order to keep peace. Okay, fine. But you're not going to enjoy yourself. So the Avon was over here. This was a great crime of a Shinehenu. That pleasure at the party, how can you enjoy yourself when you see the greatest manga? This already was punishable and guilty of the worst crime, of having Hana'ah at the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. And therefore, Borei Olam said, you don't deserve the Beit HaMikdash to be built. And therefore, we're going to kill Yisrael. Here is the second source, where the Sefer of the Book of the Nagim bring down, why we wear masks and uh, uh, costumes on Purim. Why? Because the Bishwam Yahai's answer was Hem no asu ela lepanim. What does it mean lepanim? Which means externally it looked like they were bowing to Abu Dazara. But really underneath, inside they weren't. What's the shot of a mask? On the mask, outside you look like one person. But really inside you're the truth, it's the, who you really are. So they were since the whole miracle was Hem no asu ela lepanim. So therefore, to commemorate the Avon, and then the, 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 the way we got out of it, it was all, it was all a charade. It looked like Hanan was going to destroy us, but really, it wasn't. So therefore, to commemorate that Lepanim de Rasha, they put on the castles. We have two uh, sources for that. Comes the Gemara continues. Mahasar, Ginat, Bitam. So it says, Amelech. 
the party took place by Hassan, it's in the courtyard. Ginat is the garden. And Bitan is the palace. So it seems there was three different rooms over there that the palace was taking place in. So Rabu Shmuel, Hadamar, Hara'ui Lahatzer, Lahatzer. Hara'ui Ligina, Ligina. Hara'ui Libitan, Libitan. The different classes of people. Certain people got uh, invited to the Hasid area, and some people got invited inner to the garden area, and some people got invited to the Bitan, which are different levels of people. So this was Bahasar, Ginat, Bitan. First he started the party outside in the courtyard But there was too many people So he moved it into the garden Until he brought him into the, into the palace And that was able to uh, be mahazik. Yeah, so that's the uh, order of his of his body. Kamara continues. Third opinion. Hoshivan Bahasir. He put everybody in the courtyard. And he opened for them two doors. The courtyard was the big area And then he opened up different doors Where you were able to see the palace from one door And you were able to see the garden from another So And the hasad that was opened up to Ginat Bitan So that talks about the different tapestries That were at the party So the Gemara says What does this hur mean? One word at a time Rav Amar this is talking about over here uh, different needle point. Hare means holes. Then the needle mahat. What's needle point? You have holes, right? In the in the uh, in the diagram, mm-hmm. and they put the uh, thread through it. So look at Rashi. Hare hare. Right. What does Rashi say? Maase mahat. That's the cushions that they sat on. Mm-hmm. And we said fine needle point. That's hur. Hur nashon hur. Ushmuel Amar milat lebana hitsia lahim. That he provided for them. Milat lebana is the white, uh, I guess, wool that he put for them as cushions. How do you know that from the word? Khur is otiyot hivar. Hivar is white. So he gave them the special white wool for them to sit on. Now the next word. Karpas. Amar bi Yosebar b'hanina. Karim shel pasim. So karpas is an abbreviation. Karim is cushions. And pasim is fine wool. So he provided them cushions of fine wool to sit on. Al-Gilile Chesef, that's um, rods of silver. The Amude Shesh, and pillars of marble. Mitot and uh, couches or beds. Zahab Chesef, made out of gold and silver. Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Hara'u la Chesef, la Chesef. Hara'u la Zahab, la Zahab. Because the Pasuk says, Mitot Zahab la Chesef. They were gold and silver. Make up your mind. Were they gold or they were silver? So they were different styles. Mm-hmm. You never saw a gold uh, couch or a silver couch. This is very, very exquisite. So it says the people that were for the gold 
they sat on gold. And other people that are not as hashuv, they sat on silver. That's one interpretation. What do you mean? What kind of party is that? You're going to start making different classes, so you're going to start bringing envy into the party. Because they say, oh, he's just on the gold one, and I'm sitting on the silver one. That's not a good party. He's not going to be Matil Kena. So he was, Ela, him shall kesef, v'naglehem shall zahav. The actual bench itself was made out of silver, and the legs were made out of gold. Gold. So mitot zahav v'chesef. The... The, the mitah itself was silver and the legs were gold. So a few questions. If Hashanosh really wants to show off his wealth, make the mitah from gold and make the legs from silver. So the Mephashim explained, no, Adrabah, he wants to show off his wealth. If you're sitting on the mitah, you can't see what it's made out of. So the silver, he puts on the place where you're sitting. Which part of the bench do you see? The legs. Like so then we made the legs dafka of gold in order to show off as well. But the Tosafot over has a question, an obvious question. He tell me that the Gemara says, well, atamatil you're breaking, bringing envy to the party. He's sitting on gold, he's sitting on silver. Didn't you tell me before, ma'asar ginad bitan. Uh, class envy, you're causing the people to be jealous. So the Tosafot says, oh, we have an amazing psychological understanding of how jealousy works. Tosafot has shown is, yesh toma, v'svira le, tekevan chilayu ro'im ze et ze, leka kena. Which you don't see, so you don't become envious. Out of sight, out of mind. Which means, if I'm in the haser, and my friend is in the bitan, I don't see him in the bitan. I just see myself in the haser, I can enjoy myself. But if I'm sitting on a silver bench, and I see my friend sitting on a gold bench, and it's in front of me, that type of kenai already is uncontrollable. That type of envy, it's in front of me. So therefore, those words are the Gemara Dineshkan above, when it said, Hasar Ginat Bitan. He's over there, he's over there, I don't see you. So therefore, it doesn't affect me. But shaking over here, words in front of them. Comes the Gemara continues, Ba'at Vashish. This is talking about the different stones that were uh, laid across the floor. So the Gemara says, Amar Rabbi explains, Abanim shemithotetot al ba'alehin. Ba'at, imagine if the hair of ba'at is like a head, because the hair and the head are interchangeable. So it's stones that are sought after. Between stones that are not easily uh, acquired. You sort of have to, you have to put a lot of effort into trying to get these stones. The Pasuk says in the times of the Mashiach, that it's going to be, going to be stones that people go through many trials. That people go through many trials in order to. Uh, to uh, acquire Rashi, so what is the pasuk referring to? It says la'atid labo, the Jewish people are going to be held in high esteem by the goyim, like stones that are mitnosesot, that people go through great trouble or trials in order to acquire. So when it says in the pasuk bahat, bahat means over here bahat, which is stones that are sought after. Tar v'soharet. Now it talks about the different stones that they had uh, in the, at the party. Rav Amar, so what does Dar mean? Dare Dare, which is that rows of inlaid stones, 
and sohar, it's called sehor, sehor, which is round, which means that like a circular rows of inlaid stones in the ground itself. Ushmuel Amar, even tova yesh pekarchayam. There's a precious stone that they find in the islands, vidarashema, and the name of the stone is darazdar, right? Hoshiva beemsa seuda. So he put the stone in the middle of the seuda. Mm-hmm. And it was so bright that it illuminated the room <coughs> like it was the Saurah, like the midday. And that's Soharit, as if the head of Soharit is interchangeable with the letter He, so Sihara. Sihara is bright, is light. And therefore, the uh, no, in Aramaic, Sahara is bright, as she says. No, you don't have to do that. As she says, mm-hmm. Another interpretation, Dar v'soharet, shekara deror lechol ba'ale sechora, which means all the merchants, which is soharet dar, he freed them. What do you mean he freed them? There was no tax that day, which means he took off the sales tax of the goods or the, or the or the tax that the merchant had to pay, and therefore it was tax free. So therefore dar. So how did he freed the merchants from paying taxes? He says, He made different tariffs that they would have to pay. He removed them. Now regarding some of these uh, situations over here, there's an interesting Migilat Tarim. He says over here, when it says he provided for them all these different type of cushions, and different type of uh, uh, colors that he provided for them, etc. Hur uh, is the white, and uh, the techelet is the blue. So what was the turquoise? What's the purpose of all these, uh, you know, showing as well? So he says, The intent of the was to cause the Jewish people to sin. His cushions itself were sha'atnez. That's what Baruch Pesuk is telling you. He made wool and linen mixtures. He made them different colors. So they'd get enraptured in the colors and their mind would be taken off. Which means also, over there in the pictures that he provided, there was Znut over there in order to bring them to these sins. So he specifically provided them with Shatnez seating over there in order to stumble them in Avon. Comes Gibran continues. Continues. They drank from gold, gold goblets. And there was different types of kelim. Normally, explainable explanation is you have a tall goblet and you have a small one. You have different size glasses. You know, for wine you drink a one, and for liquor you have another glass, and for the water you have a different glass. Mekelim, mekelim, shonim. However, the Gemara says that that's what it means. Mishunim mivayle. Shonim means to repeat. The pasuk says mekelim, mekelim, mishunim. Which is there were different type of vessels. What does it mean, shonim? Batkol came out from the heavens and said, Rishonim kalu mepene kelim. Bilshasar. 
the predecessors, they got destroyed because of the kelim, because they took out the kelim and the bit of the Mignash and made a party. Ve'atem shonim ve'shotim bahem, and you're making the same sin? So ve'kelim me'kelim shonim, shonim means you're repeating the same sin. And therefore the double kelim over here, one kelim is melashon kelaya, destruction, and the same kelim is because of the kelim, which means ve'kelim, your destruction came, why? Mikelim, because he used the kelim, and what shonim, you did it again. She's not enough of Ben Shasad in the first time. You didn't learn the, the lesson. That was the bad call that came out. Viyen malchut rav. So literally, it means that royal wine, rav. Rav can mean simply a lot, but rav sounds over here as if it was old. So Amar Rav Melamed Shekolehad Vehad Ishkau Yayin Shegadolemenu Beshanim Which means they gave everybody at the party wine that was older than him. Which means everybody drank wine that was older than him. So the question I ask is, how does he know? Well, he asked them how old you are, then he says, that's not the to the party. He asks, uh, you go ask a lady at the party, how old she is now? She says, what kind of party is that? So the uh, explanation they say is like this. That we have a klal in uh, health that before 40, a person eats more than he drinks. After 40, already the digestion and the metabolism changes. So you drink more than you eat. So he gave this secret to the waiters. He said, Listen, if you see a guy uh, eating more than he's uh, drinking, you know he's less than 40. So you give him a, you give him a wine that's at least uh, 40 years old. So you know, you, you guarantee to, to come. If you see somebody uh, more drink, drinking, you know, he's over 40, they give him an 80-year-old 80 bottle. You give him, give, him, give him the older wine. So they weren't asking each person, they were you basing it on that uh, habit of eating. Another interpretation is the Mefarshim say that what's the what's the hadush in that? Which means what's the what's the hanaa at a party to have a wine that's older than you? What's the what's the, what's the uh, pleasure that he's trying to give them? So the explanation is like this: because an old person, an old person feels that the young people are better than him, stronger than him, more agile. He's already getting old, already becomes weaker, he's not uh, so uh, so fine anymore. So what's the biggest consolation for old people? You show them old wine. Because wine is the only thing that as it gets older, it gets better. So therefore they would go to the old people and say, Hey, look, what are you worried about? Hey, look at this, you like wine. The older it gets, the better it gets. This would be a nehama for the old people. That's good. That's a pleasure at the party that you're giving the pleasure to the old people. The shetiyah, the drinking was according to the dat, according to the religion, according to the law. What's the law of the drinking? My kadat, amar rabhanan, meshub rabimi'it, kedat shel Torah. It followed the law of the Torah. Ma dat shel Torah. Just like when it comes to the Torah law, when it comes to the Kurbanot, the Mizbeah always eats more than it drinks. Like Rashi says on the bottom, which is actually an ayah brings from the Kurban of Rosh Chodesh, Achilat Mizbeah Mirubah Mishtiyah, Par Ushtoshah Esrim Sodet Achilah, Venesech Hatsiyahim. Which is the food part of the Mizbeah is what? You have a par, you have Shoshah Esrim of Sodet, and you only have a half a heen of. Wine. That's the shtiyah. Ah, so the Torah Achila So too, at the party, he did Achila more eating than drinking.
since Hashverosh was trying to mimic the Bet HaMikdash, because he was wearing the clothes of the Kohen Gadol, and he had all the vessels out, so therefore, as part of the mimicking of it, he served according to the law of the Mizbayah. What's the law of Mizbayah? Achila, Merubah, Mishtiyah, so that was part of the derision of the Bet HaMikdash. And now he served according to the... So there's no more Mizbayah. This is the Mizbayah now. Now we're doing Mizbayah and Hashverosh's party. Ke'ilu. Kamsi Gebran says, La'asot, en ones, there was no forcing. Amar bil'azam, lamech kolehad v'had eshka miyen bidinato. Everybody got wine from their own uh, province. What does this mean? The wine from your own province, everybody's used to. You can handle that. You don't get drunk from that uh, wine. If there was honest, they make you drink a wine that you're not accustomed to. And strong, and you get drunk. Says, you didn't get forced, which means if a person was used to wine from the northern region, and again the northern region, why? His body is acclimated to it, and therefore he would not get drunk. Now she says, would not cause him to get drunk, and they would not force him to drink as well. The Pasu continues, yeah, Right? In order to fill the will of Ishvaish. In order to fulfill the will of Mordechai and Haman. Mordechai dikhtiv ish yehudi, Haman isar ve'oyev. Now what does that mean to do the will of Mordechai and Haman? Now she says, Hey, my yusariah mashkim b'mishteh. They were actually the butlers at the party. And therefore, uh, according, to, according to this gemara, la'asot kirson Ishvaish, to the will of Ishvaish, which means he let uh, Haman serve uh, whatever drinks he wanted to serve. But more importantly, he let Mordecai serve whatever drinks he wanted to serve. Which means if the Jews wanted to have kosher wine, he had it available. Also, Mordecai's not going to serve anybody uh, wine that's not uh, kasher. So, in order to make uh, the will of Mordecai also acceptable. So he explains over here, that's what Mahasha explains. Correct. Okay, comes the Gabriel continues. Gam Vashtiya Malka Aseta Mishtenashim. Beta Malchut. It says Vashti also made a party. Party for the ladies. But she made the party for the ladies in Beta Malchut. And it sounds like in the king's palace. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? If she's making a party for the ladies, the party should be in the Betta Nashim where the ladies are. You don't make a party for the ladies in the, in the, in the Betta Nashim where the men are. The Gemara cannot uh, understand. What do you mean? She should say Betta Nashim. So the Gemara says, Even though eventually we're going to learn how Hasmeros calls out Vashti in a promiscuous way to commit Avera, the Gemara says, don't think that Vashti is a tzaddiket. She also had kavanah to be seduced and to be enticed. Why? Because she made a party right next to the Bet HaMalchut. Instead of making a party somewhere else where she's out of uh, sight, Tavka, she made the lady's party in vision of the man's party in order to seduce Hasverosh and the man. As the Gemara says, This is what the people say. The man is involved, let's say, with the pumpkins. 
And she's involved with the squash. What does this mean? The squash is smaller than the pumpkins. But everybody's involved with the Yetzirah. That's the point. Look at that she. The pumpkin and the squash come from the same family. They're both at the same kavanah. So this one's with the pumpkin and this one's with the squash. Who omen lahar otet yofya? Hashverosh comes explicitly, right? Bring her out so we can see her beauty. That's what exactly what Vashti wanted. She's teklubi yofya. So he's involved in this thing, but she's also involved in that thing as well. She wanted to be acted to be exposed in front of the king. That's why she made the party in Beit Hamalchut. Bayom Shivi'i. Ketov the Bamelech Bayayin. It says it was the seventh day of the party. And now Ketov the Bamelech Bayayin, the king was satiated from the wine. They have to keep in mind, this is after 180 days of partying, and then an additional seven. So the Gemara says, Atu ad hashta lo tav libe bihamra. It took 187 days for Hashanah to become satiated with wine. But Yom HaShavi ketov the Bamelech Bayayin. Ama Arava. Yom HaShavi'i Shabbat Haya Yom HaShavi'i was Shabbat Shisrael Ochlim Veshotim What happens when the Jewish people on Shabbat They eat and they drink Matchilim Bedevre Torah From the drinking comes out the Torah Ubedevre Tashpachot They start singing songs of praise Avalovde Kochavim Sheochlim Veshotim En Matchilin Ela Bedevre Teflut so what comes out of their mouth after they start drinking? The flute, illicit and promiscuous type of uh, things. What happened at the Seudah of Torah They all started talking about their woman. One group comes along and says, you know what? The Midayot woman, they're the prettiest woman. The Persians are the, are the prettiest. The vessel that I use, you want to look at us? So what happens already from the drinking or when they got to their, uh, their lewd behavior? Amru lo in. Of course we want to look at that. But so long as she's arumat and she has no clothes. Which is the measure that a person measures, that's what they measure for him. Midah connected midah. Why? Melamed. Shaita vashtiya rishaa. She took the Jewish girls on Shabbat itself and undressed them and made them do Melachafa. So what happened? On that day, she um, was also asked to come out in order to get punished for what she did for the girls. And that's what it means in the Pasuk. After Hashverosh killed Vashti, or had Vashti killed, mm-hmm. after these words, Keshoch Hamat Abelech Hashverosh, when the king's anger subsided, Zachar et Vashti, he felt bad. He remembered Vashti, Ve'et Asher Asata, and what she did, 
and the decree that happened to her. So the Gemara makes it the Rasha. Keshem Just like she did. She caused the Jewish girls to walk on Shabbat in the Arumim. So too, the same thing happened to her on Shabbat. Now just to understand uh, some Berashot uh, over here on this. The Maharsha says like this. Number one, Beta Nashim Humakom Sanua. Normally, the Beta Nashim where the party should have been is a Sanua place. Maharsha, Shalori Kidim Bo Anashim. Avadi Asta Mishte Beta Melchut. Shim Makom Shamelech Matsuibo. Vedi Kidim Ba Anashim. Vayu Yahadim Anashim. Kedelar Ot Yofia Vechivanatam Liznu. So that's clearly. Now, when it says over here on the seventh day, Ketov Leva Melech Bayayin. So it says that was Yom Shabbat, where the Jewish people have their way of uh, enjoying. So the Mefarshim say over here, the Yarot Teva says, which means, uh, how did the Gemara answer its original question? The Gemara says, well, that day the king was uh, satiated from his uh, wine. Uh, it took him 787 days, then that day, so what's the answer to the Gemara? So the Yarot Teva says like this, Shirov goyim mitatsevim biyom Shabbat. Most of the goyim become depressed on Shabbat. Yes. The mazal that works on Shabbat is Saturn. Shabbatai. And Saturn is the planet that causes depression. On other days, not to drink so much, but not to forget that depression that comes on a weekly basis. So that's why they had to, to drink in order to drown out the depression that uh, happens to them. Comes the Mefarshim uh, and say as well, amazing Tosfot Arosh over here. Tosfot Arosh over here is very, very, very Yesodi. He learns, what does it mean that, uh, that Vashti caused the Jewish woman on Shabbat to come without any clothes to work? What kind of, what kind of uh, crazy Gizirah uh, is this over here? To come without any clothes? What's, what's the logic? So listen to what Tosfot Arosh says. Sha'arumot lavdafka. The jewelry that the Jewish woman would wear Shabbat, she made them take it off. Comes out from over here, you see that when a person does not dress Lichbod Shabbat, she's considered it's considered aroma. Which means a person comes to Shabbat and he wears the regular clothes, the weekday clothes. Or uh, you know, a person comes to the Shabbat table dressed in uh, you know regular attire, doesn't get dressed. Lechbot Shabbat, the Gemara is telling you that's aruma. Means the big day Shabbat have to be special, the special clothes, and we shouldn't. Uh, but that was and that's the onish. The onish of Vashti was what you made them take off their jewelry. This jewelry they wear on Shabbat. You let them wear the special garment for Shabbat. This already deserves to be also embarrassed and punished. Comes the Mahar Shovi and says, he brings from the Midrash, Ashverosh Tipesh. Amar inna ek ishti. Right? He says, there's nothing more beautiful than my wife. Don't think she's beautiful just because, you know, she's the queen and she wears the makeup and the jewelry, the royal jewelry. Now it says over here to show the Amim and the Sarim. 
Who, who should he show first the beauty? First you show the sarim, and then that was in la rota amim vasari. So he says, "Avchi itachir nagdim vasarim, avaliyot chasarim ayu beginat abitan." Where was the sarim? The sarim we learned were in the inner chamber. So Vashtina had to come from her chamber. So first she passed the amim in the chazar. So la rota amim, so she was really uh, supposed to be paraded. All the way across. So comes the Gemara and says, comes the Gemara and says, Matema'ina Malka Vashti. So it says, Vashti, she refused to come into the, uh, into the palace. Uh, so the Gemara says, What are you talking about? We just learned above that she was mitkavent for that. She wanted to be a Pirutza. So the Gemara says, Mechdi, Piritzata Avai. We know she was a pirutza. She was promiscuous. The Amar more like we learned above. They both had kavana for evil. So my ta'ama lo atai. What's the reason why she did not come to the party? Amar biyosim rachanina melamed shepar chaba sarah. God is understanding that what. Sarat came on a body. She broke out with leprosy. Tosafot, as well as that she learned this from the pasuk, because it says Asher Nigzar Aleha, and we have a pasuk in Devra Yamin that talks about a mitzora ki Nigzar. So therefore, Nigzar, Nigzar must be that she got leprosy. But that's one reason why she refused. The Gaon Mevilna says, Katav Agrashet Sarat Lavan Katsimir. Right, that's white like wool. Vechatvo mefarshim she sveta vashti lebnot Yisrael she itlebeshu bebegdet semer upeshtim. See, that was shot according to that they had to come arumot. She let them wear clothes, but the uniforms that she made them wear was semer upeshtim, was shatnes. So the ladies couldn't wear the shatnes, so they ended up coming to the work. Arumot. She didn't tell them to come Arumot, but she told them to come Arumot. How about giving them the, the, the garment? The wool is white. So therefore, you made them wear sharpness, which is the white, which they never wore in the end. So to Tzara'at, which is white, wool, like, came all over her body. Comes the Gemaran says, We have a Baraita. Ba Gavriel, Ba'asa la Zanav. Going to a different interpretation, Gavriel came along and made her a zanab. That's a question. What exactly is a, a zanab? Some want to say it's a uh, it's a tail. Uh, the Benu Bahia comes along and says it was actually a uh, a horn that grew out of her head. Doesn't say anywhere that the zanab was uh, in the back. So therefore, it could have been a horn. Or others have uh, different interpretations. Exactly what the zanab. Some just say it was an extigial organ, which means an organ in the body just came out of somewhere, and that's called the zanab, which means an extra organ uh, 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 came out of her, which obviously made her embarrassed not to want to appear. So it says the king got very angry. Now he says, Vayiksov ha-milkot v'hamato ba'ara bo, which is Vayiksov v'hamato ba'ara. So the governor wants to say, what was he so angry about? What was he so angry? Amai dalka b'kulehai. Why was he so inflamed at such a situation? So comes the... Uh, it's master says, v'hamato ba'ara bo. It's master that the anger had to do about himself. The anger inflamed bo. Meaning, regarding himself. So, Amar Rabah, Shalhaleh, 
So not only did Esther not come to the party, but Ashti, I'm sorry, come to the party, but she sent a message to Hasverosh. And she says like this to her husband, Bar de Abba. You mere stable boy of my father. Hasverosh used to be the stable boy of Belshazzar. Says, you're nothing but the stable boy of my father. Abba, my father, Lakobel Alfa Hamrashate. He can drink like a thousand people can drink, which is he can drink the amount that a thousand people can drink, and he doesn't get drunk. And you, and you, you drink a little and you get drunk and you start uh, doing uh, all these uh, things. So already Hashanah got embarrassed, insulted. First of all, stable boy. But number two, you see that the biggest insult that you can tell a guy is he can't hold his drink. So that's what she told us. My father, he had a drink. He could drink the amount of a thousand people. And you, you can drink a little, you can't hold it. Oh, that already, that was a very, very big this was personal. And therefore, it says, Now he needs advice what he's going to do with his wife. What are you going to do with Vashti? So he goes to the Hakamim. So the governor says, Man Hakamim. Yehud, no? Of course, because if the, if the Pasuk was referring to his Hakamim, it just says, Vayomru Lachamav. What does it mean, Nahakamim? So the Gebra says, Rabbanan. This is referring to the Tamidakim, the Jewish scholars. Yod'eh ha'itim. Says the ones who know how to establish the times. What does that mean? Shiyod'im la'abir shanim v'nikbawa chodashim. They know how to establish the leap years, and they also know how to establish the Rashi chodashim. Now the question is, what does he have to go to Yodei Ha'itim? What is What's the chokhmah of it to go to a scholar that understands Yodei Ha'itim in other times? So uh, one of the mefashim could be the Malbim explains Yodei Ha'itim. These people are experts in time, which means they exactly establish when a leap year is. They make calculations all based on time, so they're sensitive to time. So too over here, with, where Hashverosh was coming along to say is like this. You're right, uh, Esther committed a crime. But you have to, Vashti again committed a crime against the king. The king told her to come into the palace, and she refused. However, you have to take into consideration the time. The time when this happened over here. Which means, at the time over here, there was drunkenness. And therefore, at a time of drunkenness, people do things that are not... uh, Now, according to the Malbim... This was Ahasuerus' way of trying to exonerate Vashti, but going through the protocol that taking out the deen. So therefore, he specifically called Yodei team who uh, would maybe give her a better judgment based on the circumstances. So comes the Gemaran says, Amar lehu, he tells the Jewish rabbis, Beinu Ali, I want a judgment, which means uh, judge the case for me. Amru, so they said, the rabbis were in a predicament. What are we going to do over here? If we're going to say, kill Vashti, tomorrow when he sobers up and his wine subsides, now they're going to have claims against us. Which means, if we say to kill, kill now, now he wants to kill maybe. But uh, tomorrow he's going to have claims because what did you kill my wife for? So he can't uh, say to kill. If we're going to say let her off, 
We're being mezazel in the king. What do you mean, let her off? She disgraced the Advaros. So whatever they say, they were in a cash 22. So they had to figure out a diplomatic way to uh, shy away from the whole case in itself. Amru no, so they tell him, Miyom shaharev betamigdash. From the day that the betamigdash was destroyed, Vegalinu be'arzenu, and we've been exiled out of our land, the Vedish Israel, Our advice has been taken away, which means our advice comes from the Beit HaMikdash, from the Sanhedrin, the Shkata Gazid. Once we've been exiled, we've been unplugged from our habitat, and therefore the Chokhmah is not in here. It's time, we don't, we don't, we don't have clarity anymore. So therefore, We don't have the ability to make such capital punishment uh, cases. You want to get a good judgment? Go to Amon and Moab. They never were in exile. They're sitting in their place. Like good wine that's sitting on its sediments. And therefore, uh, and the Gemara says they were right. The rabbis that told go to Amon and Moab, they said something that made reasoning to it. Why? Sha'anan Moab and Urav. Moab was at ease from its youth, the Shoketu El Shemarav. And they settled on their sediments, the Lohurak Mikli Ilkli. They weren't poured from one vessel to another vessel. I mean, they're in exile. Ubagola Lohalach. They never were sent out. Therefore, Alken Ahmad Tamo. Therefore, their reasoning is uh, uh, stable. And the smell of the wine does not change, which means it's fresh. And therefore, go to them, which is exile causes people to lose their uh, ability of of giving counsel. So they were trying to, and they worked diplomatically. They said, "Listen, we don't have the ability to make such cases." With this, some of the fashion explain like this: There's a pasuk in Hazinu. Uh, the pasuk says like this. Kigoi oved etzot hema ve'en bahem tevuna. So the pasuk means like this: Kigoi, the nation oved etzot. They have no ideas. They have no understanding. Ve'en bahem tevuna, and they have no wisdom. So the mefashi was, of course, if a person's oved etzot, he has no tevuna. So it's not so. Because sometimes, like in this case Oved, Hakarim had great wisdom. But what? They gave an excuse that they were Oved Etzot, but really they had Tivuna. But this was just to get away from Asveros. So the Pasuk says there's going to come a time that's going to be Oved Etzot, Ve'en Bahim Tivuna. And really, they don't have the understanding. Comes the Gemara and continues. Miyad. So he brought the close advisors to him. Who were them? Tarshena, Shetar, Admata, Tarshish, Meres, Marsena, Memuchar. So the Gemara says, the Pasuk should have said, Vakirovim Elav. The ones that were close. But if they had Karov Elav, so for me, the Gemara wants a Doresh, Amali Bilevi, called Pasuk Zeh, Al Shum Korbanot Neemar. All these Pasukim were said, the Gabe Korban, Karov Melashon Korban. Okay. Karshena, who's the first one? Karshena. Amru Malakea Sharet of Nakadosh Baruchu. The angels stand in front of Nakadosh Baruchu. Boroshon Olam. 
Did he bring in front of you Karim? Karim is like the lamb. So they will Karshena Karim Beneshana Shetar Kelu Mikribu Lefareka Sheteturim. Did these Goimo ever bring in front of you Shetar Sheteturim, the two birds? Admata. Did they ever serve in front of you with the clothes of the Kohen? That on the breastplate of the Kohen, what does it say? There were stones. Which means that's Tarshish. Uh, it's referring to the stones. Meres. That's mixing. Did they ever mix the blood so it doesn't congeal? Marsena, klum mirsu b'menachot. Did they ever mix the menachot? In the menachot, you had the flour, and you had the frankincense, you had the oil, so mm-hmm. it mixed it. Memuchan, klum echinu shulchan. Did they ever set the bread in front of you? Which, what was the claim of the malachim? They were coming to say over here, this rasha asverosh. He's dressing up like a kohen gadol. Okay, he's, 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 he's floating the kiddie with the bet mikdash. Did he ever bring any of the korbanot? Did he ever bring any of the side? What is he doing with the kiddie with the bet mikdash? Look what we did with the bigdei kehuna. And look what he's doing with the bigdei kehuna. We took the bigdei kehuna and the kiddie and we used it. Karshena, shetar, admata, tarshish, meres, masalam, and mukhab. And what is he doing? He's defiling it. So at that moment, there was a, no, midat rahamim from the malachim in order to, uh, you know, change the gezerah. Based on what? The anyan of the korban hakarov elav. So Gebra says, Vayomer memukhan. Tana, memukhan zehaman. You know, Memuchan is actually Haman. Mm-hmm. He, was, he prepared himself for destruction, which is he was the one that made the tree, he was the one that set up the whole story, and everything it was what? Ala'etz asher echin lo. And the Gemara is going to say later on, Tana lo echin. He prepared it for himself. So Memuchad, from the beginning of the story, he prepared himself for Puran. So they call him Memuchad, the one that was prepared. Amar Afkana, Mikan, from here we see, Shehidyot kofes barosh. That the fool always jumps up to the head. He always screams out first. Where did he learn this from? Haman. Why? Because he was the seventh of the advisors. Yeah, Karshena, Shetar, Admata, Tarshish, Meret, Masram, Mimuchan. And who's the one that advises the king to kill Vashti? Vayomer Mimuchan. Hey, what are you talking? There's six people that are smarter than you. Like you learn from over here, Hediot, the fool, Kofes, Barosh. Lehiot, Kolish, Soret, Bebeto. So Hasmeros sends out, Igirot, he sends out messengers. Actually, he sends out letters to all the 127 provinces. What does it say in these letters? That every man dominates over his wife in his house. So this is what the letter was. He's making a new royal decree. They should know the man is the ruler in his house. If it wasn't for these letters, because these are called the Igrot Yishonot, the first letters that were sent out, right. there would not have been a remnant left over for the Jewish people. Which means like this, 
They didn't take him seriously, Asvirosh. You know why they didn't take him seriously? They thought he was a man of Tipesh. Because when they saw the first letter, they said, what kind of rule over here? It's obvious. Well, I need a king to pass a royal uh, law that what, the, the, the man dominates over his house. Abre, my hide is Shadir Lam. Liot kol isoled bebeto. Peshita, afilu korha bebeta, even a lowly weaver in his house. He has authority. And therefore, when he says like this to people, when he sent out the second Igerot, that said, be prepared for this date over here, to kill the Jewish people, because they didn't take him seriously, because they saw the first letters, and that is, this means nothing. If he wouldn't have sent out the first letters, the anti-Semites would have used the second letter, to kill the Jewish people immediately. They wouldn't have waited for the Gezerah time. And therefore, the first letters lost any credibility that Hashanah had. These letters didn't mean anything then. So therefore, if it wasn't for the first letters, there wouldn't have been Hashanah Shlomo remained up. So now we talk about the beauty pageant. So it says the Hasverosh uh, appoints Pekidim uh, officers, right, in order to bring yes, and gather all the Betulot to the palace. A wise man does things with thought. Uksil, but a fool, Yifros, Yveled. He, uh, as he spread the words, he does things, right? He spreads out folly. He does things in a foolish way. Kol Arum Yasebedat. What does it mean, Kol Arum Yasebedat? Zed David. Let's refer to David. Dichtiv, Vayomru lo Abadav, Yevakshu la Dunia Melech. Ne'ara betula. David Amelech was old, so they needed Ne'ara betula. So it says the king should ask for Ne'ara betula. All he asked for was one. So therefore, everybody knew that David is only going to take one. Kol man barta. So anybody that had a daughter, aita nihale. They were thrilled. Maybe, maybe their daughter is going to be the one that's going to be married uh, the to the king. The so therefore, well not the queen, but to be married to the king. So you see what? That you have a situation over here that uh, everybody's going to bring their daughters forward. However, when it comes to Hasverosh, what does the person say? Uksil yifros yivel and zeh Hasverosh. Dichtiv v'yifkeda melech pekidim. V'yikbesu et kol na'ara, which means he wants all the betulot. What do, you, what do you need all of them for? Which is, uh, David and Melech asked for one. Mm-hmm. Asked for one. So everybody is, you have your choice. No? Everybody was happy because he knows you're only taking one. Mm-hmm. But now, Hasverosh tells them, bring all of them. Now, what do all the, the, the parents know? He wants all of them to try them out. Ooh. And therefore, they're all going to become now Be'ulot. And therefore, they don't want to give their daughter. So what happened? Anybody had a daughter? They will hide them because they don't want their daughter to become violated. Look at Nashi. Nashi says, Nara. David lo bikesh ila nara hat. David only asked for one nara. Kol adam ira lishluhavit betos. Everybody was trying to impress the shidduchim of David, the daughter. Ulaik titab be'inav. The hashverosh kisil. Sibal likbos et kulan. Hakol yotin shelo yikach ila hat. Vet kulan yib'ol. Man da'avile barta'a mit tamra'a. Anybody that has a daughter is going to hide her and protect her. 
חמש גמרא זה איש יהודי היה בשושן הבירה, שמו מרדכי בן יאיר בן שמעי בן קיש, איש ימיני. זאת אומרת, בגלל הפסוק קוזם איש יהודי, ובאמת הפסוק קוזם איש ימיני, If you want to give us the lineage, list us back, all the way back to Binyamin. What are you just giving me three? He wasn't the third generation from Binyamin. He was ten generations from Binyamin. So what are you giving me, Binyair, Binyamin, Binkish? Give me the whole uh, lineage if you're interested in giving me the trace, the, 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 the history. Ela Maishina Hane, why'd you give me Yair, Shimi, and Kish? Tana, Kulan al Shemon Kriu. Which means all these names that we said were all given to Mordechai because of his uh, the uh, abilities and the uh, good things that he did for Klai Yisrael. Ben Yair, he was the son of Yair. Ben Sheir and Nehem Shel Yisrael in Filato. He illuminated the eyes of Yisrael when there was darkness and there was no hope. With the Tefillah, he brought them salvation. Ben Yair, Ben Shemayi, Ben Sheshama El Tefillato. The one that God heard his Tefillah, Ben Shemayi. Ben Kish, Shekish al Sha'arir Hamim. He banged on the doors of mercy of Akhlos Baruchu, the Niftehu law. So therefore, Ben Yair, Ben Shemekin, they chose those names, because those names specifically referred to not only his ancestors, but to Mordechai himself, who did these different trades. Kari le Yehudi. The Torah calls him Ish Yehudi. So how much more? Alma miyuda kate. Vekari le, but the pasuk also says Yemini alma bebinyamin kate. The Gemara says according to this version, Amar of Nachman Mordechai Muhtar ben Musohaya. Really, he was from Binyamin. But the reason why they call him Yehudi because he was Muhtar ben Mus. He was crowned with formalities and compliments. Which means since he was a royal person, so they would call him dignified names. Mm-hmm. A person that has uh, royalty, they give him extra names. So really he's Binyamin. But they refer to him Ish Yehudi as because he's royalty. He doesn't come from Yehuda, but Yehuda is the royal family. So they call him Ish Yehudi because he has that, uh, that royal Muhtab uh, bin He's a Bishemot Naim. Right then we give him uh, uh, proper, uh, proper names. Good. Comes mm-hmm. and says, Amar Abba Barachan Amar B'Yoshua B'Levi. Another answer. Abi B'Binyamin V'Emo Mi'uda. He came from both. His father was from Binyamin. That's why they call him Yemini. The tribe goes after the father. But his mother was from Yehuda. So they also call him Ish Yehudi. Last answer. V'Rabanan Amre Mishpechot Mitkarot Zu Bezu. Which means the families themselves of Binyamin and Yehuda were competing against each other. Were fighting against each other. It's my credit that Mordechai was born, said the Yehuda family. Because when David was running away from Absalom, and Shivayim ben Gerah caught up to David and cursed him, David Amelech could have killed Shivayim ben Gerah at the time. He did not, because he saw in the future that Mordechai and Sadiq is going to descend from Shivayim. So therefore, the family of Yehuda said, it's our credit. If our grandfather didn't kill your grandfather, Shemayi ben Gerah, there wouldn't be a... If he would have killed him, there wouldn't be a Mordecai. So therefore... Yeah, but that was after that he procreated. So therefore, from the fact that David kept Shemayi alive, Yehuda wanted to take credit for Mordecai. 
Umishpahat bin Yamin Amram, Umishpahat bin Yamin says, okay, it's very nice, but bottom line, Mina Aikate, he comes from us. So that's why one person says, Ish Yehudi, and the other person says, Ish Yemini. Which is, each family was saying, he's ours. Another person says, no, he belongs to us. Amen. Amen. Amen.